both the Lakers and the Heat hold 2-1 advantages in their conference finals series. Are they locks to meet in the NBA finals? It's the Cypher. Let's go. Before the Heat and Celtics series even started, H and I sat down, had a conversation, gave our thoughts on the series and how we thought the series would progress going forward. Here's some of that conversation and then a follow up on my analysis of where the series stands right now. Like when we look at the Eastern Conference, Miami's already up 2-0 in Boston. And even though these teams are evenly matched, Miami just seems to be a little bit more together, a little bit more mentally tougher. I mean, if you look at these lad, these these first two games, you could say Boston is is have more skilled players than the Miami Heat. But you get a sense that, you know, I, I ain't trying to be funny, but it seems like Miami's punking, um, is punking Boston. No, I, I think they've been the more physical team, especially in the second halves. And I think that what Miami is doing is, yes, they move the ball, they spread it out, but they're also targeting certain players to attack, right? They're Every time they come down, they try to involve Kimba Walker in every action they can. And on defense, when they realize you don't want to let Kimba dribble, dribble, dribble and play pick and roll basketball, so they went to the zone. When they went to the zone, Boston act like they never played against the zone. The yeah. number one the number one rule against the zone, when someone plays a zone against you, somebody has to get in the middle to make the defense pitch pinch. Somebody has to go to the free throw line. Somebody has to be working in in the middle of in the middle free throw line to baseline somebody has to be working that area around to make the defense move and they never did that they just left everybody out there on the perimeter nobody ever pinched nobody ever went to the free throw line nobody ever got into the um into the middle of the paint i didn't understand that and if you and if you're looking for Kimba Walker to um lead you to the to the to the finals it's going to be a short series. Kemba's an all-star. He's a very good player. But he he might be a leader on that team like Marcus Smart, but you and I both know the best player on that team is Jason Tatum. Yes. And this really comes down to is Jason Tatum ready to take that next step and go from all-star caliber to superstar because Anything other than a superstar-like effort from him and maybe even an all-star effort from, from Jalen Brown, and they're going to go home in five games, maybe four. They mm-hmm. have to be better because right now I see Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, even Drogic, who's not known as a great defender, they're, they're, they're pushing up on them. They're being physical with them, and the Celtics, they're not responding to the physicality. You're right. And let's let's give Eric Spolster a lot of credit. To this point, he has clearly outcoached Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens has not adjusted to the zone. Again, I'll say this. You've seen a zone before. You come from college. You've played it. 
at Butler, you played it. I know you played against it. You've got to put somebody in the restricted area and give yourself some space and create space. That way you swing the ball to that guy in the restricted area or at the free throw line, you make the defense pinch down. I don't understand why there's not being adjustments made. I'm sure if he looks at the film, he will make that adjustment. You know what? If you really look at – when you really think about Boston, I mean, they they kind of had the same problems with Toronto. Oh, for sure. Look, I thought Tatum started out that series, like, establishing himself. The first two games, you saw, okay, Jason Tatum is clearly the best player in this series. But as the series went on, I thought Toronto did a much better job of controlling him, controlling uh, Jalen Brown, making them take more contested shots. And they seem to have worn them down. If the Celtics have a weakness, they don't go very deep. They play seven, maybe eight players tops, so they're not very deep. And I think that the Heat are exploiting that because Miami goes like nine deep, sometimes ten. And they, they look like the team that has all the energy. Like they're feeding off of each other. Kimball yeah, Walker can't – he can't let Gordon Drogic outplay him. I mean, Drogic – I'm calling him Reed Richards right now, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> that's what he looks like. He is giving it to the Boston Celtics. They don't have anybody right now that has been able to slow him down. And, 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 and Jay Crowder, man, he's like – He's a different player, man. I mean, well, if, look, if Jay Crowder's going to shoot the ball like Dale Ellis, they're going to be a problem. <laughs> oh, God. Right, right now, if I didn't know any better, I think that Jay Crowder was playing for a new contract. Yeah, he is playing for a new contract. There it is. Look, Jay Crowder, he's always been a defensive player, but he's also always been a streaky three-point shooter. Right now, he is shooting the three lights out. Jimmy Butler, no question, is their best player, but the guy that's been their most consistent offensive player, that's been the that's been Reed Richards. He's been killing them. Yeah, he is. He I, is. I, 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 they, they are even. I mean, the games have been close. It's not like they're blowouts. The difference is the Heat seem to know how to close and the Celtics struggle in second halves. And they've, they've struggled in second halves throughout the playoffs, and they've got to make an adjustment. I, they they either know uh, one you can't just settle for threes. I know sometimes teams will give you those, but guess what? When you're wide open with nobody within six feet of you, put the ball on the deck and attack the basket. Yeah. If you're not shooting well, put your head down and get to the basket or get to the free throw line. But do do something other than what you've been doing if you're struggling. Jason Tatum has the kind of skill set where he can pull up from three, shoot the mid range, or put the ball on the deck. I would rather Jason Tatum be more aggressive attacking the basket than selling for threes. Uh, and, uh, the way things is going, so you, if you're bossing, you're like, shoot, when Gordon Hayward coming back? Which would be a big help if they can get him back healthy and he's in condition because that gives you another guy that can get his own shot off. Plus, he's actually a solid defender. At this rate, it looks like, though, you're going to have the Miami Heat 
I'll say it right now. It looks like the Miami Heat are going to be facing the Los Angeles Lakers if those two teams meet in the finals. I know Heat like this is their year. It's different. The Heat are about to win the title. If the Lakers and Heat meet in the finals, the Lakers going to beat the Heat in five games or less. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to tell Heat Nation that, and maybe you can take you can take solace in the fact that you made it to the finals, which is cool, and a credit to your team and your coach, that Miami Heat cannot beat the Los Angeles Lakers in a series. They can't even push – they can't push it a six or seven. I'll give them a game because of how hard they play, but there's no way they match up with the Lakers. That is – it says sweet, but out of respect, I'll say it ends in five. Yeah, I hear you, but you know. Oh, you're hoping for something. <laughs> being, that, being that I hate LeBron. Oh, hate. You know, I, I admit it. I don't like him. You know what I mean? And and I don't like Heat fans. If that matchup comes, you know what? You're rooting for LeBron. I'm the- <laughs> <laughs> This That's is the funny. one. This is the one time I'm going go LeBron. You know what? I was kind of like that with Jordan. I didn't really root for him, but when they played, when they played against the Pistons, I rooted for him. But I didn't really care. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't like the Pistons, but I didn't really care if he beat um, Drexler's Blazers or I would have been fine with Drexler winning or Barkley winning or Gary Payton and Kemp winning. I'll, I'll be straight up. Obviously, I rooted against him against Utah. That's just general principle. I have to. Um, <laughs> but other than that, that's the only time I rooted for him. Yeah, you know. I just – I remember before I used to, you know, being that um, – I used to hate Celtic fans, but nah, – Miami Heat fans, they push me over the edge, you know. <laughs> Go LeBron. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look, this is what I'll say. I think that's what happens if those two teams meet. I have no problem with Boston jumping back in and finding a way to prove me wrong. Obviously, the way that I, I didn't pick this series, so let, let me not act like I predicted Miami would win. I didn't. What I predicted was because they were so evenly matched, I thought it was going to be a great seven-game series. And that's not to say it still can't be, but unless Boston makes some adjustments, it's going to be over really quick. Last time we saw the Celtics in the heat, the Celtics took out Miami 117-106, to 106, and just like I thought the series would play out, it was the Celtics' fantastic four versus the Heat's depth. The Miami Heat have six players averaging double figures in this series. But in game three, Boston got 26 from Jalen Brown, 25 from Jason Tatum, another 21 for Kemba, and 20 from Marcus Smart, who not only has given you stellar defense, but he's been hitting the three. He's been making himself an offensive threat by posting up, getting to the foul line. Game three, Marcus Smart went 10 for 10 for the free throw line. That was big. This series, hopefully, if you're an NBA fan, outside of being maybe a Heat fan, I'm hoping this will be the seven-game series we get in the conference finals. 
the Heat still had more guys in double figures. Bam led the way with 20, 27 points, 16 rebounds. Jimmy Buckets had 17, 10 for Jay Crowder. Goran Dragic had 11, Duncan Robinson 13, and Tyler Hero, the rookie, 22 big points. The difference in this game is Miami wasn't as efficient shooting the basketball. Both Jay Crowder and the Dragon went 2 for 10 from the field. This series in the bigger picture, like I said heading into it, I thought it would be the Celtics' fantastic four versus Miami's depth. And when I meant fantastic four, I meant Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, as well as Kemba, and a healthy Gordon Hayward plus Marcus Smart, who is that Swiss Army knife, versus a Heat team that, as I said, have six players averaging double digits in this series. Bam is averaging 22, Drogic 22, Butler 17, 15 from Hero, 15 from Crowder, and 12 from Duncan Robinson. For the Celtics to make this a series, to tie it up tonight in game four, they're going to have to get another 20-point effort from not just Tatum and Brown, but Kemba and Marcus Smart. They don't get a lot from the bench, even though Brad Wanamaker has been solid. Daniel Thais is a very solid low post defender. Anna's Cantor is a beast on the offensive boards. But in terms of scoring production, they don't bring much to the table. They're going to do have to duplicate what they did in game three, having four guys score 20 or more points and do a better job rotating and switching because of Miami's motion offense. If they can do those things and shoot at an efficient high level, not to mention continue to be aggressive, Jason Tatum has shot 22 free throws in this series. Marcus Smart, 15. That is a sign of aggression. That is a sign of attacking the basket, something that Jimmy Butler normally does. Is Jimmy Butler the best player in this series? I think he's the best player. I think Tatum is the most talented player. But Jimmy Butler, more mature, a little older, a more savvy veteran, a more polished player. This really does come down to who steps up more. The combination of Jimmy Buckets and the Dragon or Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. The X factors for me, for the Celtics, it's Kemba Walker. For the Heat, Tyler Hero. Game three in the West, the Nuggets beat the Lakers 114 to 106 behind Jamal Murray's 28 points and 12 assists. The Joker chipped in with 22 and 10, but they got a really big playoff career high, 26 points from Jeremy Grant. It wasn't just that he scored 26 points. It was how he scored it. Jimmy, Jeremy Grant was aggressive throughout the game. He was 10 for 12 from the free throw line. And I'm always stressing this. When your team is struggling from the field and, and instead of taking bad shots or forcing something that isn't there, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line is another way to generate offense even when you're not shooting well. I thought what the Nuggets did, including Jamal Murray, who got to the line seven times, but he was only four for seven, got to do better than that. When you get to the basket and you see the ball going a couple times from shooting free throws, 
it not only gets you buckets, it kind of gives you a chance to set up your defense. It, it stabilizes you. It allows you to take a breath when you're struggling. When the Lakers made that run and the Nuggets started to show their youth by turning the ball over and kind of coming apart, they slowed the game down by getting the ball to the free throw line and Jamal Murray making monster shots. I saw it again last night while watching the game. I know the Joker is the more polished player. He's the more celebrated player. And I'm telling you again, I think the clear alpha of the Denver Nuggets is Jamal Murray. And if the Denver Nuggets were going to have a real shot, I'm talking about truly make this a series, this has got to be Jamal Murray's series. There is no one on the Lakers that can guard Jamal Murray. Now, you could say the same about the Joker, but I think AD can slow him down to a degree. If you watched how the game unfolded late, mid-fourth, mid at, at one point, I kid you not, go back and look. Joker was doing what you're supposed to do against the zone. Somebody's got to get in the middle to make the defense pinch down, but he had Rondo on him, and he was too quick to want to pass. He's got to be more aggressive. There was a time when they didn't even double him with bigs. They doubled him with Rondo and Caruso. He has to become more assertive. He's a great passer. But if teams are smart enough to play you for the pass, you have to make that adjustment. Talented guy. Nobody's questioning that. And when he's aggressive, he's almost unguardable. The problem is he's not aggressive consistently. If Jamal Murray has a weakness, he can be inconsistent in terms of his shot selection. But there's no question Jamal Murray's the guy. There's no fear in him. There's no quit in him. If you're a Nuggets fan, if you're a basketball fan, Jamal Murray is the Denver Nuggets alpha. If you're a Lakers fan, I understand the need to slow down the Joker, but if you can control Jamal Murray, if you can disrupt him, if you can make him less efficient, you will beat the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray is the head of that snake. Jamal Murray is the head of that snake. I might be alone in this, but I hope these two conference finals become epic seven-game series. That's what the NBA season should end on. Two epic series that lead us into an epic final. Hopefully, the basketball gods are listening. It's the NBA Cypher. Next time.